0: To the Select Star Podcast, your resource for innovative technology, developer topics, and more. Here's your host, Margo McCabe from the HarperDB team.
1: David, it's super exciting to have you because you're kind of our first official outside guest, at least with me as the host. Um, so, welcome and happy new year!
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, it's it's an honor to be uh, your your first. <laughs> External guest for your for your podcast, and I am I'm excited to be here, and things we're we're going to be talking about, and uh, yeah, happy New Year!
1: <laughs> I know it's it's funny everyone online, and everyone was, has been so excited for 2021 to hit, as if everything is just going to completely change and be perfect all at once. But I still think it'll be a much better year. I have high hopes for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Even though it may be the extended remix of, of 2020, at least for a while, um, I, I do think there's, you know, people are, are much more hopeful and, you know, are looking forward to things being getting, slowly getting better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. Um, very cool. All right. Well, So today, uh, we're going to be talking a bit about um, building web apps in Node.js, touching a little bit on Electron.js, talking about something unique that you do with drawing illustrations and cartoons, which is super fun. Um, Before we get started, though, I'd love to hear just a little bit about your journey and your background. Um, You know, from what I know, I know a little bit from a high level from last time we spoke, and I know... You said you've been a long-time database nerd, so that was kind of one way I knew we had a few things in common. Um, yeah. and I, you know, I follow you on Twitter. I know you have some awesome dad jokes and um, fun, really positive content that you post on there. But um, yeah, why don't you share can. a little bit about kind of your journey and how you got to where you are, and then uh, we can jump into some of the more developer-focused topics.
0: All right. Sure. Um, well, I got my start in my career in IT, uh, specifically like tech support. And uh, I had, you know, some experience with programming and that's what I really wanted to do. You know, the, the the tech support and the IT stuff was kind of like, you know, my opportunity to still be in technology. And so every chance that I got, I would write applications, uh, utilities, uh, things. Even when I was in tech support many Many years ago, I would uh, try to automate things, um, you know, that were boring. Or when I when I saw that, hey, I could write an application to automate this stuff, I would I would do that, and it got recognized. And um, slowly over time, I got more and more opportunities to do some programming. And somewhere around the late nineties, I, I made the the transition to being a full time developer. And this was at the very beginning of the Internet, right? So that was, the, that was kind of the hot new thing. And that's what I jumped on was back when Netscape was a thing <laughs> and uh, Internet Explorer was just coming out. And um, I started building web applications. Back then, it was, I was doing a lot of Microsoft-based stuff. So it was classic ASP and, of course, databases. Uh, every every application, you know, dynamic application has got to have some kind of storage or whatever. And um, I latched on to SQL Server back in those days. Um, I, I actually used SQL Server on NetWare uh, when it was Sybase. And um, Microsoft acquired Sybase and it became SQL Server. And um, so I have a long history with Microsoft SQL Server. And for years, I built web applications, you know, for a number of years using classic ASP. And then when .NET came out, uh, I I jumped on and started learning C Sharp. And, uh, yeah, built a lot of data-driven web applications over the years. And then about seven years ago, I think, um, I was getting a little, you know, feeling a little Wanting something different, wanting to try something new, and you know, it's one of the things I love about technology is the opportunity that you have to continue to learn and <laughs> new things, and that's what keeps me excited about being a software developer. And so I'm, I jumped on since I've been doing web development all these years. JavaScript was a language that I was familiar with. Um, like it or not. And I thought, well, you know, Node.js looks really interesting. I could use JavaScript on the back end as well as the front end. And that's what I started doing. I I made the transition to building apps with Node.js and I've built uh, web applications, uh, server side uh, services. I've built, um, you know, scalable applications. I've built lots and lots of command line utilities to automate things. And I've also built desktop apps using Electron. And uh, also over the last um, eight or nine years, I've made the transition from being not only a software developer, but also someone who helps other software developers. I am now um, over the last Seven, eight years been a developer advocate for uh, some startup companies and helping developers. You know, my mantra is I want to help other developers be more awesome. That's kind of me in a nutshell.
1: That's a pretty great, pretty great mantra to live by. Um, It sounds like, yeah, I I like what you touch on of that in the tech world, especially maybe more than other industries, it's flexible and you can jump around. And when you have, Kind of that um, basic understanding and basic experience in one area, you can probably shift some of those skills while being challenged and learning something new um, in a different area. I think that's that's a really great point um,
0: yeah i I really believe that those of us in technology are so blessed with opportunity that not only is there opportunity to learn new things all the time and stay you know engaged and and, and excited about things, uh, but there's opportunity to, to, to move, to, you know, to work from home, to uh, move around the world, to, mm-hmm. to, um, you know, work with so many different people and the opportunity to work with different companies, you know, not that there's anything wrong with working for a single company your entire career, but right. a lot of, a lot of people in a lot of other, permit professions don't have the luxury of saying oh you know what i'm not real i'm not real happy with my environment or the company that i work for um or the situation that i'm in or i'm i'm really you know kind of feeling a little stuck in the work that i'm doing i'd rather be doing you know this other new technology or this other this different technology we have the luxury that those of us in technology are so is in such high demand that we can make those decisions and make those those changes uh, fairly easily.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not not an industry where people should feel trapped and and yeah, as you said, there's nothing wrong with staying at the same company for for your whole lifetime but I think that's of course becoming less and less common and um it's I think it's good to jump around and to challenge yourself and try different things and be always learning even as You said that you were learning um, just over this most recent holiday break, just, you know, constantly, I think, working on yourself. And I think tech is a great industry to be in. And on top of that, I've also noticed that it's such a it's such a community where people seem to be helping each other constantly. And it's really awesome. There's so many tutorials and social media platforms and tech, Twitter and blogging and Reddit it's, you see it everywhere where people are constantly asking questions and posting their code and saying, Hey, can you help me what's broken here? And, um, it seems like for the most part, people are super encouraging. And as, as you said, excited to just help each other out and help each other be more awesome and learn. And I, I don't know if, um, you know, other industries are, have quite that strong of kind of a community where people can go find resources anywhere online. But I know that from what I've seen, I think it's, it's so cool. And it's just, you'll be connecting with someone across the globe. Who's helping promote your material or something. And you're like, well, I've never even met this person and they're just helping, you know, spread the word. And it's, it's been pretty awesome. I, I think that's one of my favorite things also about being in the industry.
0: Yeah. Again, I, I think we are so blessed uh, with the opportunities that we have. and that, And that's another thing that has attracted me over the years to remain in technology and software development in particular. And I'm not sure how it, how it got started. I think it was just because, was, you know, the the timing and the, you know, at the right time when the Internet or even before the Internet, you know, were things like bulletin board systems and, you know, people like <laughs> that were geeking out about technology, they they were excited to share the things that they were learning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's just the perfect storm, if you want to, for lack of better terms, of you know the technology that's readily available you you're the one that's geeking out about that technology and you are leveraging technology to uh connect with other folks um in your community and around the world uh i've had the opportunity when i used to live in nashville tennessee to be involved with a a local meetup and i absolutely loved it uh, i loved uh being able to know that the things that we were doing the, the speakers that we had coming in and the workshops that we were doing were, were having an impact on people and uh, advancing their careers and giving them, uh, mentoring them in, so, in some cases. And, and uh, I, I love the spirit of that. I love um, that's what attracted me to getting involved in the community in the first place. And that's what I, you know, I want to be able to do going forward is to, Take the things that I've learned, the things that I'm learning, and share those with others. And I'm I'm so glad to see that there's a lot of good coming out of the tech community as far as helping one another. It's not always the case, you know. You you see the bad actors that are, are you know, that
1: trolls out there, and
0: (laughs) yeah, there's trolls. There's people who you know, (laughs) I don't know, they they don't have a whole lot of empathy. uh, Who you know (laughs) might come across the wrong way. Uh there's, you know, plenty of folks with good intentions that may come across the wrong mm-hmm. way. But uh, overall I, I think as as people, you know, hopefully develop the empathy for one another that um there there are so many great people out there who are speaking and contributing to open source and doing um, you know, learning programs and all kinds of things that are benefiting all of us.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, I I love, you know, I love just taking the optimistic stand and, and looking at it and so positively the way you are. I mean, I think it's, it's the way to do it. And um, as you said, there are always a couple bad apples here and there, but that's nothing to focus on and shouldn't ruin anyone's day, hopefully. So um, I love that. I think that's a, a really awesome outlook. Um, well, thank you for sharing a bit about your background and, and your journey. I think it's, it's super interesting and um you have some great resources out there and it seems like you've built a, a really awesome community. So um, excited to excited to connect with you as well. Um, so when you sent me a couple of the, the topics that you like to, to speak on for, for things like this, um one of the first ones that stuck out to me was you know building web apps or command line apps with Node.js. Um just because I know a lot of HarperDB fans can also be Node.js fans. Um, HarperDB was actually built from the ground up in Node.js. I know our founders and some of our community really love it. Um, and just JavaScript in general. So I think it's awesome that that's one of your favorite topics to discuss. Yeah. On so I would love to kind of hear, you know, any anything you think would be helpful for for the listeners in terms of best practices, pros and cons of building in Node.js compared to other um, other languages you've worked with, things like that.
0: Yeah. Well, I have grown to be a, a huge fan of Node.js. Um there's there's plenty of um eye rolling and you know, <laughs> people disparaging uh JavaScript the language because it was at one time pretty terrible to work with, especially if you were doing front-end development and you were having to deal with cross-browser uh compatibility, you know, Issues and everything before jQuery came along, it was it was the wild west of coding, trying to get uh, things to work in both Internet Explorer and uh, Netscape, or you know whatever browser you may be um, having to (laughs) wrangle with back in the day. But the language itself has made tremendous uh, advancements in the last five six years. uh, when the the ECMAScript um, board, when when things the the people who are in charge of um, you know improving the language finally got their act together <laughs> and started to come up with the this yearly cadence of adopting new language features, uh, we've seen just a, a tremendous boon in the productive the productivity of javascript the usability of javascript it um i i consider javascript to be a- a- on par with with any other language you know as far as features and and usability sure there are still some quirks and some little gotchas and and things that still exist in the language to this day because they they kind of have to be there to yeah. Provide that backwards compatibility. Um, otherwise, you know, if they change the language to fix some of those issues, it would break the internet, and you know, th- the entire world would collapse. Because <laughs> <laughs> we we really we really do d- depend on JavaScript for so many things. But um, yeah. but Node.js is a is a kind of a unique environment where not only can you leverage JavaScript and and use that that knowledge that you may have for building web applications and you can focus on one language from the back end and the front end nodejs as an environment is very specific that you can you can um, use the latest and greatest version of JavaScript you know the coding that you you want to you want to use all the language features and you don't have to worry about Krauss Cross-browser compatibility, or uh, you don't have to transpile down to some older version of of JavaScript. You can just use the latest and greatest uh, features and and have um, a lot of freedom in the the language to to do whatever you want. And the thing that that really excites me about JavaScript is that it is universal. It it's it's everywhere it's not just in browsers it's it's on phones it's on you know the desktop it's you can build robots um and you know raspberry pi things you can you know the the possibilities are are really limitless and so for example, like creating command line applications um it's just so easy to open up and and create a script and in a a text editor and, you know, maybe one thing and automate, you know, a few steps. There's, there's the, you know, the whole NPM library of, of modules. You can find, you can find something to help you in there that, uh, you know, is kind of, (laughs) kind of overwhelming at times, but the, you know it's like the app store for for javascript developers you can find something uh in there that can do whatever it is that you you're trying to do yeah. and um and and you can just you can use that as a as a tool to you know create fun things create uh, or automate parts of your your job that you'd uh, you'd rather not have to do repetitively
1: right <laughs> yeah i think that's something Um, I've definitely heard our team and and other people touch on as well is that's one of the greatest things about the Node.js and JavaScript community as a whole is there's just so many different tools and extensions and tutorials. and, And as you said, because it's such a global community, there's so many resources out there. And while it's fun to build things from scratch, a lot of times you don't have to, because as you said, it's already out there. And it's already ready for you to use, and all you need to do is figure out what you need where and how to use it yeah. um, I think it it makes everything a lot easier and and as you said, you can have more fun with it because you can focus more on the part that you actually enjoy
0: yeah, absolutely
1: <laughs> that's um I think that's probably I, I know there were a couple different reasons that you know our team actually chose to build a database in Node.js, a lot of people said at first and still say now that it seems crazy um, for different reasons, or they're just shocked because there aren't any other technologies that have done that. But um, I know in addition to the fact that it was one of the options that our team was most comfortable coding in, um, it was just because of that, just because of the community and how many tools and resources and and plugins are already available, Um, I think it saved a lot of time, um, provided a lot of flexibility. So yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, one of the
0: previous com- yeah one of the previous companies that I worked with, um, no. When, when we started making that transition to Node.js, it opened up opportunities to um, hire talent from all over, all around the community. That if you know, regardless of what maybe back end technology you had used, mm-hmm. whether it be Java or .NET or Python or PHP, you know, likely if you've built web applications, you're you've learned had to learn JavaScript. And so being able to bring together a team of people that come from all these different experiences and all these different backgrounds, that's a good thing. That's that's uh, that's kind of that polyglot idea of you're bringing in all these ideas from different parts of the the developer ecosystem that uh, will make your team, a a better team, you know, different approaches and different patterns or architectures or whatever that you can let, um, you can take advantage of.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's another great point. Um, I think, I think there's definitely plenty of positives and and reasons that you see so many tutorials and resources and, you know, building an app in Node.js tips do you think that there's anything on the other side of the coin? Is there anything to watch out for or, you know, any roadblocks um that you've come across with building apps in Node.js or maybe compared to other options? Um, or has it been well from your perspective, is it mostly a positive experience smooth sailing?
0: <laughs> well, for me it's been it's been really a, a positive experience. Um, because there's there's so much moving forward. There's mm-hmm. um People who are dedicated to addressing whatever platform issues are like, for a long time, Node.js only would only run on um, Linux, and Microsoft, you know, unlikely <laughs> candidate. Uh, right. They sponsored the uh, the the first, you know, port of Node.js to run on Windows. And from there, you know, there's been a lot of work over the years to make sure that Node.js runs on every platform. Um, and there are people, you know, who are really passionate about making sure that Node.js is a great experience on every platform and that there's modules and, you know, that that the Node.js App itself continues to evolve and, um, you know, have great new experiences and features, such as, you know, uh, promises and and async await, you know, being able to natively um, support those things. And even like, uh, um, you know, in the past, you haven't been able to use like the modern uh ES module syntax with like the imports and exports uh, statements like you can on the browser and now we have now there's support for that in Node.js where you can have the ES module system as well as the, the common JS module mm-hmm. systems. There's you know a lot of uh, a lot of things to take advantage of. I, I was thinking what you were talking about your company's product being built on Node.js and I'm sure I can I can imagine that there are people that, that when they hear that they think, oh well, JavaScript is slow. You know, there's no there's no way that, you know, a database could perform um like you know a native application. And that's one of the fallacies or myths about um JavaScript and Node.js. The you know, sure, it is a dynamic language. It is um you know, dynamically, you know, it's, it's kind of compiled in just in time. But after that initial compilation step, it, it is native code at that point. The, you can take advantage of the work that um, Google has done for the Chrome V8 engine. So the V8 engine is the JavaScript execution engine, and they have you know they have been focusing years and years and who knows how much <laughs> investment into ensuring that uh, the V8 engine is as optimized and fast as possible because it has to run on the browser it has to run on phones and mm-hmm. and everywhere everywhere else so it is very fast at compiling mm-hmm. and executing javascript so once once the javascript is compiled and in memory it's as fast as any other native language, mm-hmm. any other native uh code. So that's uh that's that shouldn't scare anyone away uh right. from using a product that's built entirely in Node.js.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point you bring up. I'm I'm sure there's several other myths around JavaScript and, and Node.js similar to that of, of why people would be so surprised at first. Um I know for our team, specifically with our database product, speed is is one of the main focuses and, and being fast on both read and write speeds is something we've achieved quite well. And in and, and benchmark tests, we've been actually, um, you know, blowing some other similar products out of the water. So I think hopefully there's, you know, with our product and, and other awesome products out there that have have built on top of Node.js and other, other JavaScript um, languages, you know, the more and more resources and tools that are out there, the more people will be open to the fact that some of these predispositions they had, or some of those old school ways of thinking it's they're not true anymore because things are always changing and improving. And um, there's different ways to, to build around maybe what some of the, the bumps in the road could be. Um, So that's definitely an interesting point.
0: Um,
1: I, I also wanted to touch a little on Electron JS. I know you have some experience building desktop apps, with Electron, um, sounds like you're a fan of that one as well. I don't know as much about Electron, so I definitely was interested when I um, saw that you have some experience with that and just what you like about it, how it's different. Um, love to hear a bit on that.
0: Yeah. Um, when so, my story with Electron is I I used to I spent years and years doing .NET development and C sharp, um, and when there, there came a need in the the role that I was in in one of my previous companies where I needed to build some utilities for our customers. And I had been building some things using .NET, C Sharp, and, you know, those apps would only run on Windows. And the the feedback that I was getting from some of our customers is, well, that's, you know, yeah, this solves a need, but we don't run Windows in our environment. You know, we will have to set up a virtual machine just to run your app or your utility, you know, to do uh, what we need to do. So I was building integrations between systems and, you know, yeah, it kind of became a, a pain point. So I decided I, I want to be able to support uh, running on Linux and running on Mac. And my first thought was, well, our mobile team is having great success using Xamarin, uh, building cross-platform mobile apps, and I know there's a Xamarin, uh, uh, you know, equivalent for desktop applications. So I want to try that, and <laughs> it turned out to be a disaster. <laughs> um, <laughs> building UIs and and supporting. Um, UIs on on different desktop environments like um you know windows and and mac and and linux it was uh, it was a terrible experience and and you there was no like cross platform way to design UIs you had to you had to learn each system um and target those systems individually yeah. so after a lot of frustration um you know i i came across electron I'm like wait a minute this this sounds really interesting this is i can essentially build a web application and it's hosted on a machine that looks and it makes it looks look like a native application um so i know how to build web apps right maybe i should give this a try <laughs> so electron is essentially node.js at the core and it uses chrome uses chromium to render html javascript css and all those kinds of things on the front end and when i learned that apps like slack if you use slack the desktop app <laughs> that is is an electron application and there's there's countless others now um i think the one that that grabs people's attention at least in technology is the fact that visual studio code um, the editor that Microsoft put out years ago, that's now become one of the most popular editors on the planet, that is written in Electron. That's, you know, who would have thought Microsoft would use <laughs> Node.js and Chromium and, you know, these technologies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the Visual Studio Code, the GitHub desktop uh, client, and so many others that are great examples of, of performant uh well designed applications that look identical on mac linux and windows um it's it's amazing piece of technology mm-hmm. and it's been fun to uh build applications so me as a web developer I know how to do html and css and javascript and I can leverage those skills yeah. to build you know, better looking front ends uh, for desktop apps. And for the most part, if you're clever with it, people will never know the difference. They will never know that what they're actually interacting with on the desktop is a is a web application.
1: Huh? That's interesting. It's kind of like you found one of those one of those loopholes in the system, a a shortcut. And, um, you know, it comes out it comes out positive on both ends. So. That's really interesting. Um, I didn't know that about Slack either. It's fun to hear about those everyday tools that you're using when you don't even know what it's comprised of or what it's, what it's built um, from. And I was laughing because of the panic yesterday when there was the big Slack shut down on Monday morning. Oh, yeah, right.
0: Yeah, no, no <laughs> one's immune to the the occasional hiccup and you know issues. You know, yeah. may have nothing, probably has nothing to do with Electron, you right? It's its yeah. operations? <laughs> but uh, every everybody has those. Oh yeah. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of snafus, man, I remember the first time I I dropped a table and realized oh. That was the production database, oh, no. <laughs> you know, or something crazy yeah. like that. You know, it's like the worst feeling possible.
1: Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone has a moment or more than one moment like that, that just kind of scars you and it's hard to, <laughs> you have yes. nightmares about yeah. it, but it's, as you said, it happens yeah. to everyone. And I'm sure the bigger and more well-known the company, the, the bigger a deal it is because everyone's talking about it. Um, but yeah, of course, of course, it happens. <laughs> We're all human. <laughs> right. Cool. Um, well, that's super interesting. Thank you for for sharing a bit about Node.js and Electron. Um, I think those are you know two kind of hot topics right now. So it's always fun to hear different people's take on on the pros and cons and and what you can build from it. So um, thanks thanks for sharing. Um, before yeah. we before we kind of move on and talk about. Um, you know, fun facts, something, something unique about you. One thing I do have to ask since you're a long time database nerd, do you have, do you have a favorite database at the moment or a favorite or even outside of databases? I, you know, I always like to discuss just favorite technologies, new things coming out this year or something you discovered last year um, things you're excited about.
0: Yeah. Well, my um, I- Kind of my, my go-to, just because it uh, I know it so well and have used it so much over the years, is Microsoft SQL Server, you know, a relational database. I keep keep going back to that because it's it's comfortable and, and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, over the last couple of years, I have done more and more work with Postgres. And I um, don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think there's a lot of... <laughs>
1: That's how i Post most. Postgre, I don't know. <laughs> I it was anyway,
0: <laughs> it's uh, you know, as far as relational databases goes, it's, um, as an alternative to SQL Server in the open source community, I I've been very impressed with you know what I've been able to do and with the um, the tooling around it, um, such for for like Node.js, like uh, there's a there are are a couple of Node.js clients that you can use to interact with Postgres that uh, one of them that's newer, that's super cool and awesome. I mean, it's just, it's got uh, this crazy string inter- interpolation stuff where you can just basically write inline SQL code in your app. And it does all the work of parameterizing all the queries and making sure that uh, you won't have injection and, tax and and all that kind of stuff that you normally have to really be worried about. And there are a number of great clients available for SQL Server as well. On the uh, document database side of things, uh I've I've dabbled with a, a number over the years like back in the day when I was doing a lot of .net development, uh I became a huge fan of RavenDB and did a I did a lot of talks on RavenDB and workshops. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was a big fan of of that product for a long time, um, and I've used a number of others. And you know, I think there are um, use cases for all those things. So, right. so there, there's there's the perfect use case for relational databases. There's mm-hmm. the, there's Great use cases for document databases, um, graph databases, you know, object databases. There's there's lots of flavors of storage that's available for data, and they all fit a need, and they all have a um, you know a, a kind of a use case in mind for why they exist, why they were built. You know, you, you it's it's kind of even among. document databases there's it's kind of an apples to oranges comparison because one document database was created for to solve a very specific problem for around scalability or around you know durability or uh distribution whereas another document database is really designed for being the fastest at at writing to or uh you know as as an append only type scenario there's so there's all kinds of scenarios, and I'm I'm just glad to see that there are so many options available. Yeah, to, um, to, to us as a de- as a developer, like, oh, well, I can I can find the best solution for for my case. Right. That's going to, and I, and that's what makes the makes it so interesting. Like when we we get out and we we blog about the technology that we're using or we go and speak at conferences hopefully we'll we'll be back to speaking at conferences in person again someday or speaking virtually it's it's our story it's our it's our reason for why we, we're using the technology that matters the most you know it's it's kind of silly to 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 bash one product over another to say well this product's the best well sure it might be better at that one thing but you know there's a reason why both exist and you know right. it's not always the best uh you know what's what's right for your situation might not be the you know the right product or solution for another person
1: right and sorry i've been i was muting myself while you were talking my puppy is snoring really um, loud behind me, so sorry. If, if you're wondering, it's not me snoring. Um, but yeah, that's that's exactly true. and And that's what I've written about in blogs. and you you always see people, as you said, battling about what's the best tech stack and why this system is better than others. And in most cases, um that's exactly it. It's i I always, you know, respond to people with that or hope that other people will mention that that you can't just post something and say, Well, which is the best of this? And it's exactly what you said, it really depends on your project, your use case, what type of data are you working with? You know, what are your goals? Um, and I, yeah, that's, that's another reason the tech industry is so fun because there's so many different solutions and options. And I think the goal of, of technology providers and product companies is just enabling developers to be able to choose the best possible tool for their, for their product. And so, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, um, it's never, it's not worth it to be bashing, why one might be better than another. It's just discuss Mm -hmm. which ones would be better for different use cases and why. I think some people might not care, but some people might be really interested in kind of getting down to the core technology aspects of why one is a better fit than others. But um, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, It's definitely one of the funny things that people argue about on social platforms and it's kind of funny to watch, but um, very cool. All right, well... Awesome. So yeah, one one of the last things I was going to ask is kind of a fun fact or or something unique about you, David. I know um you're definitely a doodler and, and a pretty talented cartoonist, and that's um something that you I think said you're you're having the most fun with right now, or it's kind of your best um your best outlet at the moment. So I'd love to hear a bit about that.
0: Yeah. So when I was in school, I would doodle on my homework or papers or in my notebook or something like that. I, I never took it all that seriously. I just had fun with it. And uh, I did take an art class when I was in high school, and that was the extent of it. And then for you know years and years, uh, the only thing I would do is maybe put a smiley face or some silly face on my kid's birthday cards or something like that. And I, I didn't really... Put any thought or consideration into art or drawing or doodling. But about five years ago, I was, I was speaking at a lot of conferences and events, and I was getting a little bit burned out and feeling like I just wasn't having the impact on my audiences like I wanted to. I didn't feel like, you know, people thought I was a good speaker. They would, they would, you know, give me good compliments and tell me I was doing a good job and all that. Th- all that, but I, I really felt like something was missing. That people were walking away from one of my talks, going, "Oh, that was good," but not really being inspired to go and do that thing I was talking about. Which, by the way, you know, if you've ever thought about speaking and sharing things like that, um, there is no greater reward <laughs> or one of the one of the most precious gifts that I've I've received over the years has been people who come up to me and say, "Hey, that thing you 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 talked about, uh I went and did that and yeah. and then here's what what else I did with it." And you know, that that is like amazing yeah. that I can have an impact on on someone else and their, you know, maybe part of their career or their trajectory in their career. So that's that's so cool. I wanted to be able to do more of that. I wanted to be able to inspire more people. And I came across this guy as I was trying to figure out, well, how can I be a better speaker? I was thinking about taking the year off because I was just feeling burned out. Mm -hmm. And I came across this guy who was giving a presentation at Google um, on the power of hand-drawn illustrations and visuals and using you know not art but just simple silly drawings like stick figures mm-hmm. and lines and arrows and drawing letters and how much more fun and engaging that was for audiences and i and you know it was like a light bulb aha moment for me it was like that's that looks like a lot of fun and i mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm sitting here watching this guy give this presentation going Wow, this is one of the most amazing presentations I've ever seen. I want to be able to do that. And yeah. so I I made a, a a goal for myself. I had a brand new talk that I was going to be giving at the Orlando Code Camp on Kanban and I thought, you know, I I'm going to draw some slides. I'm going to draw some some things for and I, I set a goal of like maybe 5 slides. Mm-hmm. Well, I could, once I got started, I couldn't stop, and I I, I drew almost <laughs> I drew almost every slide in that presentation, and I knew within the the first two minutes of that of giving that talk that it was a game changer. People were were so much more engaged. They were smiling. They were laughing at my humor because I was more comfortable telling my story and telling, you know giving the presentation the the way that I wanted to um right. because I was using all my own material and not yeah. having to uh compromise with some stock photo or um you know bullet list of boring text you know I was getting to have fun and te- you yeah. know use use my own personality and humor in in the right. stories that I was telling and, um, by the end of the day, uh, I had so many people come up to me and tell me, you know, how much they enjoyed my presentation. And I, I just knew, you know, this, this is what I want to do. This is, this is the, this is it. I finally found, you know, this thing that I really love and, uh, it became a hobby. You know, it's like, I, I didn't want to stop drawing. So I kept drawing more and I started posting stuff on Twitter being silly and uh, that that became kind of my accountability partners like I would post something on Twitter I'd get I'd get some laughs and it it kind of encouraged me to continue um, doing it and and getting better and over the over the years uh, I have gotten better and I what I've come to uh, to realize and what I I try to tell other people is that if there's something that you want to do, you can do it. Now, it when you start, you're going to be terrible at it. Right. But if you if you have patience and you practice, you have deliberate practice and you forgive yourself of your mistakes and and that kind of thing, then you will make progress and, you know, you'll be able to look back 6 months or a year later and go, "Wow, I can't believe how far i've come. Mm-hmm. And i think that applies, you know, it's kind of like well well yeah, that's that's what we do in technology. We when we learn a new technology, we're we're terrible at it at first and then the more we do it, the better we get at it. That same principle applies to learning a new language, learning a musical instrument, learning to to draw, learning, you know, some art or some other craft. Mm-hmm. Um and so i i try to encourage people that I've been so um <laughs> blessed by this by this gift of being able to draw things. Um I want other people to to experience that too. I want you know, you know, if there's something that just really resonates with you that you feel like, man, I would I would I wish I could do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, <laughs> then do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> start some, start somewhere, and then don't yeah. stop. You know, yeah. you're you. You'll get frustrated, and you'll think, "Well, I, you know, this is not for me. That I can't do it." But keep, keep at it. Keep practicing. Yeah. Be determined, and you will. One day, you'll look back and say, "Wow, yeah. I am so glad I I stuck to it."
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I'm feeling super inspired. <laughs> it's just, it's funny because what you're saying is, um, I mean the. The overarching message of it's going to be hard when you try something new, but if you just keep practicing and keep doing it, it gets easier and it's super rewarding. I think that seems like it would be common sense, but I think people need reminders of that because yeah. a lot of people probably assume when they try something, especially when it comes to like instruments and art. Um, oh, well I, you know, I tried a couple of times. I just don't have that, like, I don't have that side of the brain, um or you know it doesn't run in my genes or something and and I'm sure for some people it's much harder than others to do certain things but um it's a great point you bring up of really anyone can do anything um it probably just depends how much work you want to put into it and practice and what resources and support you have and um so I think that's a really great awesome message and um just kind of awesome high note to to wrap up our conversation on um and that's, that's so cool. I, it, from what I've seen, you're super talented at the doodles and and drawing, um, and cartoons. But as you said, even if it's just stick figures and lines and doing something, I could see that being just a really fun, more memorable, interactive way to have a conversation or present or write a tutorial or do something. So you don't have to be as good at at David (laughs) as David is to do it. Um, (laughs) But it's fun, yeah. I, I definitely enjoy following you and seeing the different things that you put out. Um, I know I saw one of the most recent one was the dad jokes, and I love those. So I think that's a, a popular thing right now, that because everyone can yeah. relate. Because everyone, I think a lot of times, someone might seem like they're the coolest person in the world on online, but then you remember they're just a they're just a dorky dad, and it just makes people really personable, and everyone can relate. So I love that. Um, awesome. Well, I think that. Pretty much wraps up all the questions I had today. This is this has been super super fun and, and inspiring. And I think um, you have some great tips in general for for the developer community. Um, for listeners out there, we'll put some info on on David in our um, in our description of the podcast. And if you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at Reverend Geek. Um, he also has a website. So it seems like. Seems like David, you'd be a good resource and person to reach out to for you know if people have questions and um, just want to get some tips on building web apps. And as you said, you're you've become um, also a dev advocate, so I think that's really awesome. Um, and you built a great community, as I said. So thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. And I think this is a great way to kick off the new year. Um, and yeah, well, looking forward yeah. to staying in touch. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much again for the opportunity. And yes, if if any of your listeners uh out there do have questions or want to ask me anything, I am available. So please do don't hesitate to to ask uh anything about technology or drawing or, or whatever. And I I'd be glad to uh, to help encourage anyone.
1: Awesome. That's a that's a great position to be in. So I'm sure. sure everyone appreciates that i know i know i definitely appreciate hearing that um so yeah thanks again david um thanks everyone for listening to the select star podcast um definitely tune in we have our episodes available on all the all the different channels that podcasts are on and we have some um additional great speakers coming throughout the rest of this year and if you have any requests for speakers or topics or anything um you can request that we have that on our website and we'll post the links as well um, so thanks for listening thank you david um, hope everyone has a great day and we will chat with you next time